I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our money. Chatting with somebody who is a credit expert uh, was fascinating. I love every time that I get to talk to Richard. He's just got this really great way of like making it simple. And uh, so I I loved our conversation. I was so glad that we got to have him on. And I'm excited to have him back another time and ask some specific questions. What about you? What do you think? I thought it was a really good contribution to the conversation. Like I really, I have only really considered the credit rating as a tool to be able to leverage against because I'm in the space where that's a strategy that myself and my clients take on regularly is leveraging against our assets to be able to grow our investment portfolio. But I also liked the contribution that you provided where it was it's not that it's bad to use your credit card. It's just to put guardrails on it. So like, for example, you don't have to say stop using your credit card altogether, but let's pick one or maybe two expenses that the credit card is just for. So maybe just for gas or just for Amazon or like something that maintains the use of it, but it, so that it doesn't get carried away. So I thought that was kind of, an interesting strategy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like my uh I really like my rules. I would say like I'm I'm so like decision fatigued and I am often like scared of making the wrong decision. <laughs> like I want to make the right decision that so that mixed with the decision fatigue. Um, I think a lot of us we we stop making decisions, you know, <laughs> we just go with the flow and hope everything works out. And I find that yeah, putting some you know, like quote unquote rules like that on how I use my credit card eliminates that decision on what card I'm going to use, what account I'm going to use, how often I'm going to use the card. It's like, ah, oh, I've already made that decision. So I don't have to make that decision anymore. It was, I did a, a financial readiness workshop yesterday and we were, I talk about credit scores and uh, the point in the workshop that I was sharing all the things that can bring your score down is always so hilarious um the reactions are so big so wild like what that and that and that inevitably it always comes around to like the cards are stacked against you you know like the the concept of opening a card or asking for any debt um for that matter brings your score down but also paying the loan off pulls your score down Mm -hmm. as well as closing a, a card or an account brings your score down and not using your credit card can bring your score down because <laughs> there's not that regular activity. They were, 
it's always, like I say, it's just always, it's always a very funny um, moment in the presentation. It sucks that all, like it really is, cards are stacked against us, right? Um, and uh, for those who are trying to increase their score or don't even know that they should increase their score, um, because like, I don't know, maybe they haven't checked it or something like that. Um, they don't realize that their daily habits, maybe their, you know, their choices around how they're using their card or not for that matter, um, is having a negative impact. We also talked yesterday about how, um, like, I don't know about you, like I can remember, I don't know if it was a student loan or a car loan, you know, like the loans officer at the bank, not telling me what they could see on the screen when they were checking my credit. Do you remember that being a thing where I think it was an internal policy at different banks? Mm. I don't think it was, you know, like a, a regulation uh, where they would not tell the client the score. You watch Seinfeld? Yes. When she like steals her medical record from the doctor's yeah. office. That's how it felt. Like, no, that's my information. Why won't you tell me? Like, do I have to come into the bank and steal my file from you to find out my <laughs> my credit score? Um, but that's not, I don't think that's a thing anymore. But you didn't have that ever? I If I did, I don't remember. But like I was saying to you before this conversation, my memory isn't super great, which is another thing that brings me back to thinking when you mentioned the word decision fatigue, mm-hmm. I feel if anyone isn't suffering from decision fatigue, like how, what are you doing right? Totally. Because that is something that I am super, super struggling with. And I don't do a lot of the mom things. So I have no idea how other people are doing it. And when I say I don't do a lot of the mom things, like for example, and please don't come at me, but I've never thrown a birthday party for my kids. It's just, I have four of them and it's just something I've never done. I absolutely have my grandparents and their grandparents over for a celebration, for cake, to have that quality time, but I've never, because that's not for me. And that takes that whole decision cluster out of my equation. Cause I've made that one choice where, you know, we're, we're not going to do birthday parties. Um, My kids are older now. Like I have two older kids children and so their definition of a birthday party is having a couple friends over to sleep over which is totally fine I'm happy to have sleepovers but when you're I just think about that one no goodie bags your anti-goodie bag <laughs> you have all of those decisions to make where totally. is it going to be what's our budget who's coming what's the invite you like you said the goodie bag whatever those things are called yeah what garbage that's what they're called they're called trash. <laughs> They're called landfill fillers. <laughs> so uh, I have no idea how other people are making decisions without the decision fatigue. I I wish there was a checklist. I wish there was, you oh, know. Where is the checklist? Come on now. Like a manual. And so then when you're going through like your day of the 800 decisions you're making that hour, if I can delegate 400 of them, oh my goodness, I would love that. 
Yes. All about that. (laughs) Yeah. But those rules really do help. Like saying, okay, for this credit card that we have, we're only going to use it for fuel. So, you know, and like you, as a family, you make that decision if it's a joint credit card or whatever. The other thing that I liked that he said is um, joint credit is Russian roulette and just say no. So if somebody approaches you and says, you know, I really could use some help. I'm struggling. Is there any way you can co-sign or can you support me in some way? It's just a straight no. However you deliver that no is up to you, which is also a decision that's going to weigh on you. But you know, at the end of the day, what the answer is going to be. It's not maybe, it's not, let me think about it. The answer is definitely going to be no. It's just a matter of delivering the answer. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting about that part is when he, he said uh, that he wouldn't do a joint credit card with his wife. It's like, whoa, that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have often said, don't co-sign for people. If a bank is not going to lend to them, why would you? Um, never thought about it in terms of like a family member or a spouse. I had this, um, there was a couple in the workshop that I did yesterday and they had a, a card together and, and I was sh- sharing what Richard had talked about and how he said he would never do joint credit. And, and they were asking why. And, and so we had a, a bit of a de- discussion around it. And one of them was like, well, it's not like the other one's going to like run off on me. I trust them. And all of, you know, I, I'm not worried that they would use it in the wrong way. I was like, yeah, but have you ever made a mistake, like accidentally not paid a bill that if that happens with a joint credit card, it's impact on two people's reports and scores, not one. Whereas if you both had credit cards that were separate, uh, you would have um, that impact just on one of them. Like, do you think that maybe at some point you might just accidentally forget to pay something um and they were like yeah we're human of course that might happen and so they could see how that little mistake could easily happen and then have a negative effect on both of them whereas if they had two separate cards it would only impact one um so that was i thought it was uh a a bold statement very bold statement and you I'm just even thinking about like arrangements like business. So like, for example, if me and you decide to work on a project together, it might be in our best interest to have a joint credit card to be able to pay for expenses and whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm intrigued by this. But also just because he says it's Russian roulette and to never do it, it doesn't mean like it's, it's a hard line in the sand. Like, for example, our family, part of our investment strategy includes sometimes private lending Mm -hmm. but we put protections in place like legal agreements and working with a registered professional to be able to facilitate those transactions but it's definitely a risk that we are aware that we're taking um i'm i wouldn't recommend doing it at the moment Mm -hmm. with what's happening in the economy um but it's one of those things where some people say that's a hard line in the sand while others have more you know cushion when it comes to that kind of stuff absolutely yeah and you know we all need to manage our our own uh you know decisions and comfort levels and and whatnot um like for me I I guess of course I could manage anything I was gonna say I couldn't handle not having a joint card with Graham but 
of course I could <laughs> be a little dramatic over here, but it's really nice to just have everything on one card. So but also interesting to note is if you do have a joint card with your spouse, is that now giving you, whoever's listening to this podcast, more of the decision responsibility, which is adding now to your decision fatigue, applying to me too. So we have joint cards when it comes to our personal stuff, but also my husband and I own rental properties together. So we have joint cards when it comes to our investment properties. If we didn't have that and he had his own card, would that then force him to be responsible for that and which therefore would take it off my plate? I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I think that I am right. But also there's some things I'm okay causing decision fatigue and money is one of them. <laughs> hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the episode. Um, and just because I have more knowledge when it comes to those things, the same way, you know, he, he in his past career was an electrician where I am totally comfortable delegating any of those handyman tasks to him and not doubting his decisions or questioning them because I don't know anything about it. And I'm also not interested to start learning now. Not misquoting. So this is Lindsay's interpretation and memory of what's in the book. Not, <laughs> not a, not a direct quote. Um, I think he said something like, you know, anything over, over 750 is showing off in his experience. He had not seen somebody get a more, a better offer from, you know, a lender because they had an 800 versus a 700. Um, yes, the score goes up to 900, but like anything over 700, 750, I think is the number that he used. Um, just really didn't make any more difference um, that the goal is to be over 750. Um, and I've used that quite often because on one hand, credit scores are important. And on the other hand, if you have a score over 750, if you've been making the right decisions, maybe inadvertently, you've just been doing the right stuff. It's not something that you need to worry about. It's not a, it's not a variable that you need to be watching as a priority. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe watch it every once in a while. Make sure that, you know, for, for things like fraud, right? It's like check all your accounts, keep your eye on your score, um, but doesn't need to be a, a top priority or something that you're putting any of your, your mental bandwidth into. Yeah. I don't know. Just that, just that idea of trying to have the highest score possible. Like, okay, well, your time is probably better spent somewhere else. Um, just make sure you've got a, a 750. And in my workshop that I did yesterday, you know, it's people in, in all different phases. They're, they're, you know, moving into uh, new careers, retraining, um, you know, maybe getting back on their feet. Um, and I have a, a slide about if you're under 650, then this needs to be a top priority for you. Um, because we are living in a world where 
employers, depending on what industry you're going to work in, um, and landlords can be looking at this number. And man, wouldn't it just be awful to not get the apartment because of a fight you had with Rogers, you know, about your cell phone five years ago? You know, so looking at looking at your score and if it's under 650, then OK, like that's a top priority for you. You want to pull that up if it's over 650. Like, yes, still a priority, <laughs> but it's not the same as having, you know, that really low score. And then if you're over 750, it's more of a keep your eye on it. Um, don't worry too much. I don't know, just some, again, my rules, because I don't like making decisions. I've implemented a, a 650 and a 750, you know, rule with my, with my clients um, as to how to prioritize their credit score. I would much rather them pay attention to their day-to-day -day spending and how much they're saving and investing mm. uh, than tracking every little thing that, you know, my score went up by five points. My score went down by five points. Who cares? Move along. <laughs> and when you're working with your clients, one of the focuses with them would be improving their credit. Yeah. What, how often do they check it? Like, so let's say you start working with them. They tell you that you guys find out together that the credit score is not quite in the range that you'd like it to be or that they should have it in. So you start implementing some of the strategies that you've created and that Richard put in his book. Mm -hmm. When do you check it again? So I have a lot of my clients sign up for credit monitoring. Uh, we didn't talk about this much in the um, with Richard, but two different um, companies, uh, Well and Credit Karma are two of the bigger ones in Canada. Let's be clear, and I make this statement very, very clear with all of my clients, they are marketing and sales companies. Their job is to market and sell credit and or credit cards and debt to you. They get paid if you sign up for one of their credit cards uh, or, you know, that one of their partners offer, I should say. Um, so I like people to know that because I don't want them signing up for a website and then be bombarded with offers. And that can be a slippery slope. So this is also a, a personality um, test that if um, if they don't have the right personality and willpower to not take those offers of the newest credit card, um, then maybe we won't sign up for the website. Um, but anyway, so these websites, you can get your credit score and your credit report and their, you know, quote unquote, credit monitoring for free. Some banks also offer this, like a bunch of the big five banks now um, have credit score um, portals. And so the reason that I, that I like signing up for it is because they're marketing companies. They email you every month with what's going on with your score. Um, now, it's really important to realize that there's more than one score out there. Um, there's more than one calculation or algorithm to come up with your score. And the ones that you see from these websites are not what a mortgage lender will look at. What you see on these freebie websites will be higher than what a mortgage, what a lender will be looking at during an application process. Um, but because they are first and foremost marketing and sales companies, um, they email you every month. They tell you if things have gone up or down. So I don't I don't necessarily rely on the score that they provide, but I they do send you an email if it's gone up or down. 
if something, there's been some type of activity that has had an impact on your score one way or the other. Um, so by signing up for them, then we can look at the score on a monthly basis to see if anything is that they are doing is making a difference. I like the ease of that. Because again, decision fatigue, to remember to go and check your score manually again, um, you can only get your report for free once a year. And it's a bit of a arduous process. Um, if you want to get it, uh, your report and your score, you are paying, you know, uh, Equifax or TransUnion to get all of that information. Um, or you can sign up for their monthly monitoring, which is, I think it's like $19.99 or something like that, I can't, per month. Um, so I'm not all that interested. I'm like, let's just use these websites who are trying to sell to you realize what they are um, and use their monitoring. So with my one-on-one -on -one clients, I work with them for four months. And so over that four month period, you know, it's not a long time, right? Um, and your credit score is always going to be lagging because they need the data from your, you know, credit cards and whatnot. So how often do we do it? We do it monthly with the help of these sites that are emailing. Um, and then I just tell them to, you know, keep their eye on it and make sure that it's either staying the same or going up. It's a good way of, you know, realizing that something's gone amiss and gone down. Uh, we just can't really rely on the accuracy of that score in terms of whether or not you would be qualified for new credit based on it, because it is different than what the lender's going to see. We are highly aware of our credit score just because of we are in acquisition mode in terms of buying more and more real estate. And my, I take care of all of the numbers. My husband and I have been together since high school and I've taken care of everything since the beginning and his credit score is higher than mine. <laughs> and he always That's throws it in my face and it makes no sense because I do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I threatened to say, okay, well, if you're so good at it, maybe that should be your job. And then he quickly backs down. Fair. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> know your role. <laughs> know your role. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, this is great. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Sounds good. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today, go talk to someone about your money, either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there, head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers. <laughs>